drop. These drop studios are quiet. Everyone's gone home for the evening. Things are settled down. Having a nice cup of hot tea. I'm just going to lay back. Release the tensions of the day. Flying solo tonight. Because I'm talking about a movie that I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did. And I not only did I enjoy it and had a lot of enthusiasm for it, what really stuck is nobody wanted to come and talk to me about it. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, when I told uh, Brett, our, our, our director here, about it, about the movie we were going to do, he said, you sicken me. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> I'm trying to oversell it. This was, this was, this was an interesting film. And, but the more, the more rabbit hole I, I went through to research this film after I watched it, uh, I, I was left with more questions than answers and that's okay. Cause it was, it was still a lot of fun, very much enjoyable one that I will probably watch again in the near future. Uh, strap in kids. Cause this is a quirky one tonight. We're talking about the country bears. Welcome back, everybody, to the Be Kind Rewind. Like I said in the intro, flying solo today, and that's all right. Because sometimes we just have to relish in our guilty pleasures and just enjoy enjoy the frivolities of 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 pop culture and different films that that have been made over the years. And sometimes you come across something that is just so bizarre and so out there that you just. You, <laughs> It, it, it defies description and it defies good sense, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about a, a fun little film. But like I said, we're talking about the July twenty first, two thousand two, Walt Disney Pictures' The Country Bears, which was based off, of course, um, if you're familiar with Disneyland or Disney World, it was based off the 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 seminal. Country Bears Jamboree, uh, which was a long, long uh, running attraction at Disneyland and um, Disney World. And it's a Disneyland Tokyo. Do a little backstory with the Country Bears Jamboree. If you're not familiar with it, it's it was a it was a fun show. It was you, you went into Country Bear Hall and you got to see a bunch of animatronic bears sing. You basically went to a country a country music concert. Uh uh, an old, you know, kitsch kitsch can, uh, just a hold down basically is where you're at. And it was really cool. Uh, lots of fun, lots of fun characters, uh, bears swinging from the tree, from the ceiling. Um, little, uh, little kid bears with bonnets. Um, the five bear rug band 
which is really cool. There was also what the thing that I always loved about it was Melvin, Max, and Brock, I believe was his name. And they were three animatronic uh, animals on the wall. There was a moose, a bison, and I think it was a deer. And uh, the, they always stuck out to me when I was I saw, I saw the show when I was a little kid. It always struck uh, stuck out to me. It was just really fun because they were mounted heads on the wall, but they can sing and talk and interact with the action that was on the stage. And it was really cool. And the, the one of the voices was that deep Disneyland Disney voice that you've heard a thousand times, but you'll never be able to pin it down on where you've heard it. But um, he did a lot of voiceovers for Disney way back in the day. And as a kid, I couldn't remember figure out why that when because when you left the show, you walked through a door that was underneath these animatronic heads. And I can remember being a little kid looking up when we walked out the door and expecting to see three three bodies standing there. It didn't dawn on me that what we were seeing are three, <laughs> three beheaded animals that can sing and talk. But uh, the show was a lot of fun. And as I recall, it was a really nice respite to take you know, on a hot day going through Disneyland. To, to go see the Country Bears Jamboree. You're sitting in a nice air-conditioned little room for about 15 minutes and take a little, almost a little break and still be entertained. Very much akin to the Tiki Room, which uh, is another favorite of mine as well. So the Country Bears Jamboree uh, was, like I said, a perennial thing. And it was a... The, the, what they decided to do around this time, around the late 90s, early 2000s, was to create Disney, take Disney properties, Disney attractions, and make them movies. And um, they had all their properties, and they had everything there. They didn't have to pay anybody for any licenses, so why not film their own movies? Now, I bet you're wondering, well, obviously everybody knows the big one. But that didn't even happen yet. When this film, when the Country Bears came out, the big one that we'll talk about here in a second, didn't even hadn't even come out yet. The first one ever one was called uh, Disney's uh, Tower of Terror, which was a made-for-TV movie. I believe it had Steve Gutenberg in it, and it was the it was uh, tied into the Twilight Zone, which was a really odd thing for Disneyland to, to have the t- Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in their park because they really like their own properties. But so be it. It was the Tower of Terror. Now, a little bit of trivia. The first one, like I said, the first one was the Tower of Terror. The third one was this Country Bears film we're talking about. The second one, wait for whoever's listening to this to respond. I don't know why they would respond. (laughs) The second one was Mission to Mars from 2000 with Ice Cube, which we will probably talk about on this show sometime. So that was... Another Disney property uh, a lot of people forget about that uh, was made into a movie. So you had your Tower of Terror, which was a good hit. Uh, Mission to Mars, which was not a good hit. And then The Country Bears, which was an abysmal failure uh, for lots of reasons. So July 21st, 2002. I will tell you right away why this film did not work in this time period, July 21st, 2002. You are not even a year away from 9-11, and this was not where people's heads were at. Uh, this, uh, 
the summer after uh, one of the biggest tragedies of history of our of, of, of recent history. Coming on to less than a year later, we have a, a country and Western musical about a bunch of animatronic bears, which is essentially hairy ninja turtles. The way they are made and the way they are presented in the film. It was made for $35 million, which when you look at this, it is actually a steal. It is absolutely a steal um, because the, 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 the talent that came together to be in this film is absolutely astonishing. If you look at it now, I don't think you can get the famous people that are in this film for $35 million that are in it that are that now and then I'm, and I'm talking like today's money let alone uh who they were and how how prevalent they were uh when this film was made but on the flip side though you can also see where they saved a lot of money with their budget too on the uh second not the secondary actors but the the uh the the actors in, in general which who are amazing there are some amazing uh performers in this film so the country bears $35 million made $18 million. It didn't even cover the cost to make it. Now, a lot of these films make, you know, you, you have your budget to film it and then you have your budget to promote it. And this didn't even cover the cost to make it, let alone promote it based off of a, a very well-received Disney property. And I have my suspicions as to why on that level alone, let alone what the movie's about and how it plays out, which is a, a bizarro uh, thing. Uh, July 21st, 2002, a year earlier, September 9th, 2001, uh, believe it or not, they closed the the Country Bears Jamboree. They, they took it out. They took... They took most of the out of most of the parks. They took it. It's still running to this day in Disneyland Tokyo and I believe uh, Disney World Florida. I think still has it, but that's still several properties out there that they removed the Country Bear Jamboree from. And then a year later, again, where this people's minds were not on this type of entertainment. They, they release a property uh, about something that they actually took away a year earlier. This would be like if they made a movie about Jeffrey the giraffe now. There's no more reference to it. There's nothing there. In the place of where the Country Bears Jamboree was, they put a Winnie the Pooh ride. And I've been on that ride, actually. It is dumb. It is not a very entertaining ride. And my son, who uh, was a youngster at the time, when we uh, Miles, he rode it, and it was one of the few rides that he can go ride by himself because I could stand there and watch him walk onto the ride, and I can stand, sit there and watch him climb off of the ride. So I knew he was safe, and I, he was able to ride that ride by himself. This was five years ago, and there was no – I mean, this is Disneyland, the middle of the summer, and nobody was on the Winnie the Pooh ride. As popular as Winnie the Pooh is, uh, I don't know. There's there's more entertaining things to do now. <laughs> Um, so the film based off of a defunct, <laughs> a defunct Disney ride, and not even a ride and a track, a show, basically a 15 minute long show, um, 
follows the the adventures of one Barry Barrington, voiced by Haley Joel Osment. Um, Barry Barrington is a, a precocious youngster living with his adopted brother and his adopted family. Now, here's the fun part. Um, the movie, oh, he's a huge fan. He has all the Country Bears posters on this wall. In this universe, the Country Bears were a real-life band. They toured the country. They inspired lots of famous people. They were a big deal. Now, this is what's interesting about this, too, is that this theme comes up in a different in a different Disney movie later, and we'll talk about that one a little bit. Um, so he's a huge fan, but he realizes that he's not what he doesn't belong in his world. Okay. He lives, he's a bear, he's a little bear cub, and he lives with uh, a human parents and a human, human child, uh, a human stepbrother. And the film opens with him realizing that he doesn't fit in, but he doesn't understand why, which is hilarious. Because first off, he asks his dad straight up, am I adopted? And they say, no, of course not. Look, you even look like your brother. Um, and with all the ev- all the evidence in front of him, like uh, it's even in the trailers, they show uh, his real brother's Dex's uh, baby picture, his little real baby. And then here's your baby picture. And it's a little bear cub being held upside down. Um, and But it's just hilarious because there's, uh, you know, Nobody in this film acknowledges the fact that bears and bears are walking around the, in these people in these bear suits are walking around throughout the film. They're just there. It is a very uh, human bear centric situation in this universe. Uh, delightfully so in a lot of different ways. Um, well, once he realizes Barry Barrington that he's adopted, he he gets it that he doesn't belong there. He lets out. He just he he leaves a note to his parents. Steve Tobolowski plays his dad, uh, wonderfully. Uh, Steve Tobolowski is a hero of mine. I think he's amazing, and he plays his dad. So he le- he leaves. Five minutes into the film, he's like, "I'm adopted." He lo- he runs off to go find to go to the Country Bears, who all perform at Country Bear Hall, which was the the name of the building. And Disneyland to perform to, to go see the Country Bears perform at Country Bear Hall. He arrives at Country Bear Hall, and it is absolutely dilapidated. Nobody visits there anymore. Nobody, uh, nobody, uh, nobody's there anymore. It's it's run by a gentleman named Hank and Big Al, which are two bears, two bears that run the place. Um, it's even cute when they when he pulls up to. To, when he gets to the Country Bear Hall, you know they offer daily tours, and it's ten dollars, and that's crossed, crossed uh, checked off. Uh, then it's five dollars, and that's crossed out. That's a dollar, that's crossed out, all the way down to tours are now a quarter. And it, the Country Bears are past their prime. Enter the main villain of this film, delightfully played by the venerable Christopher Walken. Absolutely, just I. I honestly think he thinks he's talking to bears in this film because he does not let up the gag at all. He interacts with these bears. He interacts with these people in these bear costumes just hilariously. He is so over the top evil 
that it's just so comical. He plays a banker that's trying to foreclose on the hall for whatever purpose. He doesn't even make it clear as to why. He just wants to tear down Country Bear Hall. He gives basically the Bears a week to come up with the twenty grand. That's how much it costs because it's an arbitrary dollar amount to save their theater. Hmm. Another hint. I cannot describe his just del- deliciously evil in this film. I just there's a scene when so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So basically. To save their hall, Hank, who's already given up on ever, he loved the Country Bears. He was uh, their main proponent. He 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 ran. I guess he ran Country Bear Hall. He's going to help Baring Barrington. They do hatch a plan to get the band back together. The Country Bears were five were four singing bears, and they're going to go on a an adventure to get the band back together. Very standard, basic basic theme, basic plot, and. That, that's basically the crux of the film. We need to get this band back together. It's a kid's film, so you kind of know how this plays out, right? But Christopher Walken's performance is just so just so crazy and bizarre. It's hilarious. He spends his time when he's not talking to the bears and trying to cheat the bears out of their, of their building. He builds... Small miniature versions of this country bears hall, and he'll put it on his desk. And he has a button on his. He has a, a like a switch that he can press, and a huge weight, like a one ton weight, comes and just smashes the model that's sitting on his desk. Oh no, country bear hall! Oh, oh no! And then he just brushes aside the broken pieces into a pile next to his desk of of many other models of Country Bear Hall. This is what this gentleman spends his days doing, just plotting against the Country Bears. And it's just deliciously delicious. Oh, Mm, so much funny. So much fun. So he's thinning around doing, you know, evil Country Bear things. Uh so Hank and Barry Barrington, they go on their adventure to get the rest of the, the bears. There was brothers, um, Ted, Ted and Fred, uh, Betterhead is what their names were. Uh, kind of creepy, but that's the names they hint. Uh, there was uh, Zeb Zuber and Tennessee. Uh, and each one of the bears have their own personalities. They have their own uh, motivations as to why or what they're doing. Uh, Fred is a, um, he is a security for a singer. Um, Tennessee is a marriage counselor. Zub Zuber is now in this world, honey is something that's synonymous with booze. And so they've they go out of their way to to say that Zub, that Zeb Zuber was, um, basically an alcoholic for honey. And he basically just drinks his his day away. They find him in a bar, which is a honey bar. Like Queen Latifah plays the barkeep of this of this establishment, and the the bar behind her has these giant honey pots full of honey. It's it's so it's so kitschy and just so adorable. Um, and Zim Zuber is basically just the wino that hangs out at the bar. He owes her a bunch of money. Um, to get him on board, they actually hatch a plan to do like a uh, like a 
uh, a fiddle contest, a guitar versus fiddle contest with Brian Setzer of all people. And there's an amazing song that's played there. Um, I mean, for the honey is what it's, I believe it's what it's called with Brian Setzer. And then the singer of, uh, who does the, the, the singing and the speaking voice for Zeb Zuber is Steven Root. Oh my gosh. And if you don't know who Steven Root is, holy smokes, Steven Root, um, is absolutely a national treasure. I mean, he was Milton from office space. He was, um, uh, he was Jimmy on News Radio. He was in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He was literally, you know who Stephen Root is. And if you don't, I feel bad for you because your dreams are probably not sweet and, you, and puppies will not bring you any love because Stephen Root deserves to be in your life. He is He's an amazingly talented actor. Um, and he's, uh, and they, they do, they sing they have a sing off in on this uh in this scene sequence which is just absolutely amazing it is very much a a, a musical uh well, i mean obviously it is a musical but the, the the musical scenes are really well put together and really really uh well choreographed for for things that happen out of nowhere and here's what's so weird too is that the bears costumes themselves I think are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was shocked because I'd seen the previews. I don't remember seeing the movie the first time when it came out, but I watched it the other night. I was just riveted and enthralled with watching the way these animatronic bear heads moved and spoke and just little things. I had never noticed as much detail and as much time and effort that went into something that was real because i noticed that cgi is getting better and better and better and better um even goofy uh dumb movies like scoob that just came out has freaking ridiculously good detail in scooby's fur i was looking at a poster of it at the store the other day but the the way that the the these 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 headpieces are put together are absolutely astonishing the each individual hair, each uh, the the eyes, the mouths, the ears, the the cheeks, the chin—they are absolutely just astonishing. It had to have been—I mean, they were made by um, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, so you'd know this is the top of the top when it comes to these things. But these are so much—they're very much like akin to, like I said, hairy Ninja Turtles that. There, that's how they, you know, they were suits and then somebody else would do the movements, but oh my gosh, they flow so well and they're put together. So amazing. There was a scene with big Al, which is a big fat, uh, uh, black bear, um, who like takes care of the bear country property. And there was a scene where he was outside talking to, I believe Christopher Walken. And I noticed that the sun, and it was an outdoor scene, and the sun was reflecting through the bear's forehead. And not only was the the hairs, the individual hairs and the different details and the textures that went into it, I noticed that the skin was like a real type of skin. It wasn't just flat rubber or whatever with hair put into it. Like it looked like a real animal. It looked so good. The time and the detail, the, just the suits. That went into it was just absolutely phenomenal and so I, I i kept getting like 
taken away from the movie, watching how these suits move and how the animatronics work. It's just so good. Really, really look for that when you watch this film. Um, you will be really surprised. Is it creepy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Uncanny Valley is absolutely unnerving in this. Um, if you're not familiar with the Uncanny Valley, that's basically a premise that this is that this this the closer that something is to a human, uh, a human face or a human uh, human characteristics, the creepier and creepier it is to to us, because we can tell the difference for the most part. Um, and this thing gets these things get really close to the um, uncanny valley, where it's very creepy. Like Kent Tennessee, who is a a a marriage counselor, there's some scenes where he's crying. And it's just absolutely just unnerving to see. But but regardless, still great, great film. Um, I, 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 I really loved it. And the music, oh my gosh, the music is so well done and so good. I was actually listening to a few songs on YouTube uh, earlier today. And they're so good. Um, uh, there's a song called Where No One Knows My Name. And it's basically a country song about a guy that just leaves. He realizes, it's, it's, it goes all through in the lyrics that, you know, he's going to go, he's he's caused enough pain, so he's going to go where no one knows his name. And, oof, so good, so good. Um, actually, not, 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 not bad at all. Really, really good, fun stuff. The... The voice actors uh, in this film, like I said, are absolutely fantastic. Like I already mentioned Stephen Root. Um, there are, so not only do you have Stephen Root doing um, a bear, Haley Joe Osment as Barry Barrington, the little kid, um, Diedrich Bader, who, another guy from, from Office Space, um, does the voice of Ted Betterhead who's lead vocals and the guitar player for the country bears. Um, there's a, Oh, there's a female bear named, uh, Trixie. Uh, she's voiced by Candy Ford. Um, James Gammon plays big Al, uh, the, the big, the, the big black, uh, bear that takes care of the, the property. Brad Garrett, uh, as Fred Betterhead. Uh, he plays, he's actually the, the, one of the main bears. He's the first bear that, that Hank, and, um, uh, excuse me, um, Henry, I keep calling him Hank. His name is Henry. He's the, um, the MC and the manager of the country bear. So Henry and Barring Barrington, he's the first, uh, 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 Brad Garrett is the first bear they go get. Um, and then Toby Huss plays Tennessee O'Neill. Toby Huss, I mean, you know who he is. He was Khan, Super Noose and Phone, and Cotton Hill, along with a million other voices. Absolutely legendary. And um, But the cool part, too, is like they're singing voices. Uh, Don Henley does the voice of Tennessee. Um, Bonnie Raitt does the voice of Trixie. John Hyatt did the voice of Ted Betterhead. And then Elizabeth Daly did the voice of Barry uh, when he sings at the very end. Zeb Zuber, yep was the the fiddle playing uh the fiddle playing bear now you also have other famous people who were in this in this film uh a, a singer named crystal who i'm assuming was really popular 
early 2000s. Don Henley, John Hyatt, Sir Elton John plays one of the funniest cameos I'd seen in a bit. And then the payoff to that cameo is just chef kiss. And I'm not going to spoil that one for you. It's just, I want you to see the film, so I'm not going to spoil the the Elton John cameo, Queen Latifah. And then you also have Willie Nelson is in this, Bonnie Raitt's in this, Brian Setzer, Don Waz, and Wyclef John uh, do little cameos in this. It's how they got these people to do this. It's absolutely crazy. So it's, it's a fun little uh, rompy movie. Um, they have a, 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 a live um, uh, roadie. The roadie is MC Ganey. Uh, if you do not know who MC Ganey is, again, I feel bad for you because you're missing out on an amazing actor. Other than this, uh, he was in The Mighty Ducks. He was in Geronimo. Um, he was in Con Air. He played Swamp Thing in Con Air. Um, which Con Air is a great, great, great film. He was in Terminator 3. Of course, that's a special That's a special one for me. Um he was, oh, he played Roscoe P. Coltrane in the Dukes of Hazard movie, which we will definitely cover on this show because I loved the Dukes of Hazard movie. Um, he was in Wild Hogs. Um, uh, he did a, no, he did a voice in Tangled. He did Django Unchained. Um, lots of really good stuff. So uh, MC Ganey is one of those actors you see who's like, yep, I recognize him. Diedrich Bader is also plays, and then Daryl Mitchell. Um, so Diedrich Bader does the voice of one of the bears, plus he plays an officer with Daryl Mitchell. Now they go, they're two pretty inept cops, and they they're Officer Ham and Officer Cheats, and they make it a like a wordplay game, but I can't place what words they're trying to to pun off on there. So, oh well. Um, uh, Venerable Alex Rocco, isn't it? I mean, from The Godfather. Like, are you freaking kidding me? That's ridiculous. That is absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, and then, of course, Megan Fay plays the mom. Uh, she has been in tons and tons of stuff as well. Um, absolutely amazing flick. And what I'm really surprised about this, too, is what happened after this movie came out. Because this movie, and like I said, 2002. And I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. What was the next big movie based on a Disneyland attraction? Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously. Nowhere. Bleeding from because Pirates of the Caribbean came out in 2003. So a year later, there was nothing, nothing that said that that movie was going to be a hit any way, shape or form. Pirate movies had not done well at all for years. See our episode on Cutthroat Island. Pirate mo- the pirate genre was dead. All the other movies based on Disney properties were uh, Disneyland attractions were dead in the water. Even, I mean, the first one, like I said, was a made-for-TV movie, and then the other two, Mission to Mars and Country Bears, were are laughable. This movie's freaking ridiculous and laughable. So there was nothing going into Pirates of the Caribbean as being anything that was. Whatever. There's even a, 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 a urban, I don't know if it's tr- true or not. I, th- I feel like it, I heard that it was. Kira Knightley was with their castmates with Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom getting ready for uh, per- the premiere of, of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And they actually had to sit down and said, okay, we're going to have a united front. Regardless of how this movie is, is viewed, 
we're going to at least put in a good, good, our best foot forward. And it ended up becoming a hit. They were not suspect, expecting it to be a hit. Thankfully, it was because the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are a lot of fun. It did usher in a few other attempts for Disney attractions like the Haunted Mansion, which probably will be covered on the show in the future, too. Um, so it really surprises me. And thankfully, they went ahead. They didn't, they, they didn't get cold feet. They went ahead with the Pirates movie, knowing the track record for these things are not good at all. And they made it. Uh, the Country Bears as a whole, I I really, I, there's a lot of familiar elements to this film. And it's a very much, it's essentially the Country Bears are, are, the, are, are analogous of the Eagles. I mean, it's pretty much they were a huge band and they just kind of broke up for their own reasons. But the interesting too is that the movie itself plays out the plot is almost beat for beat very similar to another disney movie that came out 10 years later and that was the muppet movie the muppet uh the return of the muppet movies um now that disney had it it's almost the exact same plot there's a kid who has no that does not fit in his world at all who absolutely idolizes um something that was long past their prime. Um, even the, the way the bedrooms are laid out are almost exactly the same. And so he runs uh, in the country bears. He runs away in the Muppet movies. He leaves um, and goes with his brother, but it's the same thing. He gets to where the Muppets were, where the country bears were and the place is dilapidated. Um, the, the fans have waned and it's up to him to get, to, to to help the country bear slash the Muppets be country bear slash Muppets again, even to the point where they have to put on a benefit show to save their theater. It's the exact same plot, almost step by step. And it's a musical and there's puppetry. It's actually absolutely the same. If you like the Muppets, if you are into the Muppets at all, do yourself a favor, go see, see the country bears. It's on Disney+. Plus. You won't hate it. That's I think that's the best way I can describe it. You won't hate it. I certainly didn't hate it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Diedrich Bader and uh, Daryl Guy were really hilarious. Christopher Walken is is batshit insane. It's worth the watch. It's worth even to sit back, relax, and have some yucks on a nice, quiet evening like it is here at the studio. I was drinking some tea and relaxing. It's a great way to just expel the the tensions of the day and tucker who is always a good benchmark for these things he lasted about 10 minutes in it and then he wandered away <laughs> that's my tucker story for this film so uh disney's the country bears why they made a movie over a property that they were discontinuing i don't know but the time and the, the effort that went into this is absolutely just oozes through this movie the 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 the, the attention to detail and the what, the love that went into making it is there. And so I definitely recommend The Country Bears. Do yourself the favor. Enjoy your evening and watch The Country Bears. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I, we appreciate you here. Uh, don't forget to check out most, a lot of these other uh, shows at theease-drop.com. Um, also, too. We've got some merchandise for you. We are on Redbubble, and the link to the Redbubble page 
will be in the description of the show and as long as well as other other places, uh, the Facebook page and things like that. Um, we've got shirts, hoodies, masks, coffee mugs, and we've got lots of cool merchandise for the other shows on the network as well. We do Keanu, uh, Overbooked, um, lots of other good stuff, uh, fun and sobriety, sobriety, fun and sobriety. Um, lots of cool stuff on there. So check it out. Um, get yourself a Be Kind Rewind shirt or hoodie. I certainly will be. And make sure you send that, go through that link there uh, on on the, the show page. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Um, this was fun. Uh, this was a fun little, fun little sh- movie. I enjoyed watching it. I hope you enjoy it too. Um, let me know what you think. Also too, last week's episode of The Unkind Rewind where we talked about films that you love, that we have problems with, please, please, please reach out to me. I want to know, I want you to make your case as to why uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is so damn good or Frozen or La La Land or The Princess Bride or any of the other films that we talked about in those movies. (laughs) Woo us, because we want to know why uh, The Winter Soldier is so good. Woo us. I want to hear what your thoughts are. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Joey, uh, Maxie here at the Be Kind Rewind, ease-drop.com podcasts. Uh, I love you. Remember, here at the Be Kind Rewind, Ryan, we we celebrate the silver linings of the silver screen, and every once in a while, we come across movies about singing bears, and they're absolutely hilarious. All right, thank you very much. We'll uh, We'll catch you next time. Bye.